2 Timothy chapter 1. And as you're looking it up, because I want to give you time to find it in your own Bibles, 2 Timothy is written by, who do you think it's written by? That sounded very muddy. Okay, who do you think it was written by? Paul, the Apostle Paul. And most scholars believe that this is actually the very last letter that Paul wrote. So after he writes this letter, we don't know the time frame, but pretty soon after this, he is going to be executed. He's already in prison when he's writing this, but he's finally going to be sentenced to death in a Roman Empire once you are sentenced to die. It, like, happened that day. And uh, church history tells us that he would have his, uh, he would have his head taken off, D- not trying to be gruesome, but death does happen, and hopefully you don't die that way. But uh, <laughs> aren't you so grateful for this encouraging sermon? <laughs> 2 Timothy, I'm just going to get right to the passage. I I love this verse, and we're not just going to look at this verse, we're going to look at several, so don't close your Bibles when we're done with this. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is writing, and he's writing to a young man named Timothy. And Timothy is a guy, we talked a little bit about this last week, Timothy is a guy that, that Paul had had the privilege of mentoring. He, had, he, he was just a teenager himself, probably 14, 15 years old, when Paul started mentoring him. And, and Paul saw something in him. He saw that there was potential in him. He saw that, that God had put in him the abilities and the giftings to be a world changer. And so Paul had spent a lot of time mentoring Timothy, and now Paul is separated from him. He's in prison. He's wanting his last letter that he's going to write is to this young man named Timothy in order to encourage him. And he writes these words that we find in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. He says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. <laughs> How many of you need some self-discipline? Oh, goodness, right? Listen, we can look to God for that. We can say, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. I want to read that just one more time. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. When you feel that fear rising to the surface, maybe you've been watching too much news or going to too many apps or whatever it is, and you just start that, you start to feel that fear rising to the surface. God hasn't given you that. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a son, you're a daughter of the Most High God. He is still in control. He is still sovereign over the nations of the world. And he hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He hasn't given you a spirit of timidity. Timidity is when you shrink back, when you feel like, man, I know there's some things I need to say, there's some things I need to do, but I don't think I can do it. No, he hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He hasn't given you a spirit of timidity, but he has given you a spirit of power. You have power because the Holy Spirit has empowered you to be a witness. You have power that is given to you by God. There is an authority that as followers of Jesus we can step into. He's given you a spirit of power. He's given you a spirit of love. Well, I can't love that person. Yeah, you don't have to agree with the person. You don't have to trust the person. You can still love the person. He's given you a spirit of power, of love, and oh, I'm just going to speak for myself because I don't want to judge you, but self-discipline, come on. I need self-discipline. I need to be able to discipline myself when there's cravings or urges or whatever those things are that come up and you go, no, that's not who I am. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a son of the Most High God. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Now, there's something that happens before this verse, though, that I think helps us to understand this. And so now I want us to actually go uh, to verse 5. And he says this. He's writing to Timothy, and this is right near the beginning of this letter. He says, Timothy, I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. One translation says, I'm persuaded that that same faith now lives in you. I love the passion. It says, and it's clear that you too are following in the footsteps of their godly example. See, Timothy needed godly examples to follow. And in, your, in this room, no matter how young you are, and we've got some incredible elementary school students, some of whom just graduated. I, I talked to a girl who just graduated from kindergarten this morning. She's going to be a first grader. How awesome is that? No matter, no matter how young you are, yeah, that's awesome, right? No matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, we all need godly examples. In fact, we should be looking for godly examples, You should be students in this room, middle school, high school students in this room. You should be looking for people who love Jesus, who love the word of God and obey the word of God, and just follow them. Just follow their example. In fact, I I encourage you, wherever you are, whatever season you find yourself in, some of you have just graduated from high school, and you're going to be going to college. Man, when you get to college, the first thing you should be looking for is where are the Jesus followers? Where are the people who love Jesus? Where are the people who are following him, who love the word of God, who, who, are, who are obeying the word of God? Not just hearers of the word, but they're doing the word of God. And then just follow in their example. Just follow right after them. It's so important. And then he says this. He says, uh, this is verse 6. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Man, so much going on in there, right? He says, he says, fan the flame of the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. How many of you have ever built a fire? How many of you built a fire last night or yesterday? Because the weather was so incredibly awesome. If you didn't, you shouldn't, you should have. Like it was, we built a fire. It was like, you have to. Days like this, you just got to build a fire, right? And, uh, and, and there's something about building a fire that when you first start to build the fire, like it's that critical phase, right? In fact, um, Kara, my 14-year-old, and I, we are fans of a show called Survivor. Any fans of Survivor out there? Man, come on. You can be proud of it, all right? doesn't matter if the people around you don't like it. We like it. And so we watched Survivor Wednesday was the season finale. Three hours of Survivor. It's awesome, right? And so the, you're like, really? Listen, you watch basketball games that last longer than that. So, so here's how the season finale works in every season of, of, of Survivor, at least for the last, last little while. They, they, they come down to four final contestants. And so there's four final contestants. And out of those four final contestants, two of them are chosen to do something called building the fire. And so they have, we have a couple images of this. They're, so so they're, they're pit, these two individuals are pit against each other, and they got to build this fire, and the fire's got to reach up high enough, and the first one to get that little rope that's at the top to, to, to snap in two is the winner. But, man, and the pressure's on, right, because this is their, this is their chance to win a million dollars. One of them's going to lose, and it's going to be out of it, and then there's going to be three left. And so th- the pressure's on, the cameras are all in their face, and they've all got, you know, they've all got that little flint 
flint deal and they've got a machete and they're striking it and they got their little bit of tinder and, 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 the, and then as soon as they got a flame, what do they start doing? They start adding more tinder, more kindling to it and they're blowing on it because they, they want that flame to become a fire. They want that spark to become a fire. And, and look at what Paul says. He says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. If you've received God's grace through the death and resurrection of Jesus, and I hope you have. I hope everybody in this room has come to the place where you humbled yourself and said, God, I can't. I'm sin-stained, I'm sin-covered, I'm broken, I'm helpless, I don't have what it takes, but God, I know that you, through Jesus Christ and through his death and resurrection, that you have the means to bring forgiveness and grace into my life. So I stand before you, God, and I say, God, come into my life, lead me, fill me. I hope that every person in this room has made that decision. If you have received God's grace through the death and resurrection of Jesus, a spiritual flame has been lit in your spirit. Do you know that? That's what Paul's alluding to here. He's saying, he's saying something happened inside of you. You received the Holy Spirit. You received the forgiveness of God. You were adopted into God's family. And a spiritual flame has been lit inside of you. But you have to be intentional about that flame. You hear me? That's what Paul's saying. He says, fan that thing into flame. Fan that into flame, right? Fan into flame the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. You and I have to be intentional about that flame. Don't allow it to be smothered. Don't neglect it. Don't walk away from it and so it goes out. Don't let it be doused. Fan that flame. Give it oxygen. Keep putting fuel on the fire. So let me, I'm gonna, this is going to be the audience participation time. How do we do that? How do we keep that fire that God put inside of us when we received his grace and we received his forgiveness? What are some ways that we can fan that flame, that we can make that flame bigger. Okay, you're going to have to raise your hand. I'm going to, because uh, I can't do that. Okay, back there, Marie. Use it. Oh, right? So now I'm a follower of Jesus. I got to start doing the stuff. Right? Don't wait for other people. Don't, you, just, you just start doing the stuff, right? That's a great one. Who else? Raise your hand. Yeah, you right there in the yellow. Go to church, right? Be around other followers of Jesus where you're going to hear the word of God. Going to church is a great thing to do. And you guys all get an A-plus because it's Memorial Day weekend, and here you are in church. So go ahead and pat yourself on the back right now. You're pretty awesome. Okay, but don't start judging people who aren't here. Then you're going to be back to square one, all right? So not a lot to judge, right? Okay, but you can, yeah, you can give yourself an ad. So go to church. What's another one? Raise your hand really high. Right there. Dedicate, ooh, come on, she didn't just say prayer. Dedicated and intentional prayer. Prayer, what prayer is how we communicate to God. And it's not just talking to God, it's taking the time to just listen to him. God, what do you want to say to me? Right? Prayer is so important. That's how we fan that flame, right, is through prayer. Over here. Telling others. Right on, Absolutely we got to have the boldness to tell others. And maybe you go, well, I don't know what to tell them. I, what if I don't know enough? What if they ask me a question I don't know? All you got to do is tell them what Jesus has done inside of you. We just read a passage, if you're in the Bible in one year, uh, in, in the Gospel of John, where the blind man, they're like, so tell us how this works. And he goes, listen, I don't know. All I know is I was blind, but now I can see. You want to follow him too? And the religious leaders lost their ever-living minds. 
right? He didn't, he didn't have the theology. He didn't understand it. He didn't know where anything was in his Bible. He just knows Jesus touched me, and my life is never going to be the same. Yeah, back there, Chuck. Listen for the Spirit. Yeah, and this is something that takes practice. We just start going, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? And we have to listen. We have to pay attention. Listen and obey. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the Holy Spirit and then be courageous to what he asks you to do. What, these are all, I hope you're writing these all down. These are really good. These are great ways we fan the flame with something we haven't done, Tom. Learn what gift you have. We're all gifted. And then step into that gift and do it. Don't just learn about it. Do it, right? Yeah, right there. Oh, come on. I was waiting for somebody to say it. Somebody's like, I got a bag of peanut M&Ms for you afterward, all right? Come up to me. Yeah. Carrie will hook you up. I promised somebody last week a bag, too, and I never gave it to them. So someone, if, if that was you last week in the second service, remind me. Was, it, was that you? You've been waiting all week, right? You've been going to the mailbox. Every day you've been going to the mailbox, and I know today's the day because I know my pastor doesn't lie. <laughs> Come on. Two in the same family. How did that work out? You know, one of the ways that we fan that thing into flame is we read God's word. And don't just read it like you just read it real quick, as quickly as you can, so you can check it off. No, you read it. You absorb it. You memorize it. You meditate on it. You write it down on a little card or post-it note, and you carry it around, and you, and you take it out, and you think about it, and you allow God's word to change your mind. Listen, these are, you guys, and we could keep going because there's even more, but these are ways, look at what he said. This is why I remind you to fan into flames. The spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Listen, there's something else going on here that I don't want you to ignore. And that's the power of what happened when Paul laid his hands on Timothy. See, sometimes maybe you've been in a church, you grew up in a church that's more traditional, and they don't do, and you're like, okay, you get weirded out by what, the kind of stuff we do at Journey. But listen, we're just doing what the Bible tells us to do. We're just, we just believe the, this book. We believe that this is the inspired, authoritative, infallible word of God. And that, that the things we see in this weren't just for a group of people 2,000 years ago. But they're for us today. There is something powerful. There is a physical impartation that happens when a leader of the church appropriately lays their hand on the shoulder or on the head of somebody else. I'm telling you, God can do incredible things. And Paul's writing from prison. He's writing to Timothy, his very last letter that he'll ever write. And he's like, listen, I remember that day that we laid our hands on you, Timothy, and God did something inside of you. And I don't want you to ever forget it. And I want you to stir up what God did. Don't, don't neglect it. Don't walk away from that. I want you to stir that up. We believe in that so strongly that I just felt like we're going we're gonna to close today by doing something a little different. I'm going to ask all of our middle school and high school students to come to the front, and you guys are going to come to the front, I want you to make a line across the front, I want you to face, face the scary people in front of me, and I want you to be right up against the stage, I mean, the, your heels should be like right up against the stage, because we added some chairs, and so we don't have as much room in the front, some of you might need to run down that way, all of our middle school, high school students. Pastor Aaron said something earlier that I don't know if you guys caught, but I want every one of you guys to hear this. You are not the future, church. Okay, I want you to listen to me real quick. You are not the future, church. You're the today, church. You're the today, church. 
In fact, a lot of people out there don't know this. Most of you guys up here do know this. Like, if you guys went on strike, next Sunday our kids' ministry would, like, fold. Because our kids' ministry has more students volunteering than adults. Any given Sunday, you go back, and these kids are serving their faces off. They're not the future church. They are the church. They're getting it done. They're doing it. They're doing the stuff. And I want you to know beyond that that we love you, that we are for you. Listen, do you hear me? We are for you. We love you. No matter what you guys go through, I want you to know there's people here who love you. They're, we're going we're gonna, to, you do something stupid, we're going to tell you you did something stupid. We're going to love you. We're going to hug you. We're going to say, how can we help you, right? I want you to know the church is a place that loves you. We want you, we want you to experience the love of God for yourself, not just because your parents love Jesus, not just because they go to church. We want you to love Jesus and follow him all the days of your life. That's our greatest prayer for you. We're going to do something, that, and, and, and I'm going to need your guys' participation, so I'm going to ask you guys to stand. And I need you to listen real closely so you get all this, okay? We're going to do this. In fact, you guys might need to spread out just a little bit. So, Riley, if you just want to go that direction just a little bit more, and you can kind of still go toward the stage so that there's still going to be room. over. The, you guys are already spread out, aren't you? You're like, okay, so just a little bit. So here's what we're going to do. This is going to be awkward, and you might smell other people's BO in this moment. Some students haven't yet quite figured some of that stuff out yet. We're going to get hot and sticky up here for a second. Here's what I want to have happen. Parents, you're certainly welcome to participate in this. But our church leaders, board members, ministry leaders, life group leaders, prayer team leaders, I'm going to ask you to come, and we're going to, guy, men, you go to the young men, women, you go to the young women, and we're going to spend a few moments of laying, and when I say laying hands, I'm not, this is my daughter, so I can do this, I'm not like you're shoving her over, you know, like, she's a kid, okay, be nice, I don't want her to have to go to a chiropractor tomorrow, okay, so this doesn't have to be violent, Right? Just, just gently, just a hand on their head or on their shoulder. And, you, and here's what I want you to do. I just want you to start praying blessing. I want you to start praying covering, protection. Don't you know the evil one wants to take these kids out? He absolutely wants to take them out. We want to pray protection, covering, life, provision. God, show them your purposes. God, put gifts inside of them that they didn't even know they had and show them that they have those gifts. God, use them to change the world. Use them to change their schools. They've just been liberated from their schools for, for a few months. But when they go back, they're going to change their schools, right? Like, we're, we want, I want you, if you're going to come forward, here's the deal. You got to pray bold prayers over these kids. Because don't you know the enemy is being more bold than ever before? You see what's going on in our schools? You see what's going on in our youth culture? The enemy has no problems being bold. It's in your face, and it's in department stores you walk into. It's wherever. It's in your face. The church, listen, moms and dads, ministry leaders, life group leaders, we need to be bold. So if you're just going to come up and whisper this little polite little prayer, just stay where you are. I need, I, I need some people that are going to come up, and you're not going to be afraid to just pray some bold, audacious prayers. Are you with me? So parents, ministry leaders, board members, spouses, life group leaders, you know, just prayer leaders, you guys, go ahead and come on up. And maybe let's take a moment. This, don't start praying yet, because I want to make sure every one of these kids gets somebody with them. 
I don't want anybody to be left out. And if we have to double up, we'll double up. You guys are already making me cry. Quit it. Okay, if you do not have an adult in front of you right now, raise your hand. Or do we have enough down here? Is everyone? In, no, we need some over here. We need some. We need one more over here. Another, another woman. Couple women, right? We need a couple women up here. One young man. Uh, we need a. Dan, we have a young man over here. Down here, what do we need? Young man? Or what? Oh, I'm going to take care of her. She's going she's gonna to get it. Do we have somebody for everybody? Real quick. Everyone, I don't want anybody left out. Kids, not kids. You're not kids. I know you're not kids. Young men, young women, are you, everybody got a prayer partner? If you don't know their name, real quick, go ahead and ask them their name, all right? We want this to be a specific prayer. Ask them real quick. What's your name? Okay, if you're out in the congregation, you don't, you're not off, okay? I know some of you are like, oh, great, I don't have to do anything. I want this room to be filled with prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Let's just start praying some bold prayers. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus.
again. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you. Be gracious. Lord, turn His face toward you and give you peace. Sing Amen. Powerful moment, right? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Listen, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, cousins, we gotta pray for one another. 
We gotta lift each other up. We gotta bless each other. Speak life over each other. Parents, don't be afraid to look your kids in the eyes and say, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm so glad you're my son. I'm so glad you're my daughter. When they screw up, don't call them a screw up. Don't say they're stupid. Just say, hey, what you did was stupid, but I still love you. You're not going to make me stop loving you, right? We got we to be careful what we say, right? Man, I'm so grateful for what God is doing in our students. If you could see what he's doing every week in our kids' ministry with our elementary school kids. Listen, revival's already starting. Sometimes the adults are the kind of last to find out what God is doing. I love it. I love what he's up to. We're going to ask, uh, I know our prayer partners were already here, but maybe you're an adult and you're like, man, I wish I could have been prayed for because I'm kind of jealous. I need, I'm going through something or I've just got a doctor's diagnosis or I'm, you know, whatever. I, I need prayer. And so when you guys are done praying over there, I'm going to ask our students to move out of the way and our prayer partners are going to come up. And in a few moments, we're not dismissing you yet, but when we dismiss you, if you need prayer, I don't want you walking out of here going, man, I, I came to church today because I really want a prayer. Don't do that. As everybody else is leaving in a few moments, I want you to come forward, and our prayer partners would love to be able to pray with you and for you. So prayer partners, go ahead and move on up. Next week, we're going to conclude our 232-week series of guardrails. It's finally, finally going to come to a conclusion next week, so make sure you join us next Sunday for that. And uh, if you haven't been baptized yet, make sure you can, you can mark that on your card. In fact, speaking of your connection cards, make sure we have some, maybe we need some students to help out. Oh, you're, Andrew's back there. Some students might want to help with that. Uh, we're going to be collecting your connection cards as you leave, so make sure you have those. Hey, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Take some time this weekend to remember those who gave their lives for our freedom. We love you guys. We will see you later. God bless you.